2: Folks, what's going on grid.
3: This is Sports
0: Grid. Get on the grid.
3: In the end zone, it is caught for the win. With a walk-off touchdown. Surprise. Oh, Pro
0: Football
4: It is what we call the go-home hour here at the Pro Football Rewind. Last hour, we broke down all the 1 o'clock games. We got the insight from the incomparable Davis-Matic. We talked about some pickups and some drops. We dug deep into defenses. We even talked about some kickers. Now, let's go to the 4 o'clock games. Now, while there were only a few games, my, oh, my, Davis, the things that happened at 4 o'clock were really, really intriguing. Let's start with San Francisco and Carolina.
1: Yeah, that uh, what 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 an absolute shellacking, just non-competitive from Carolina. Uh, Crazy, though, San Francisco scores 51 points. Carolina, not competitive. Christian McCaffrey still gets over 100 rushing yards with a touchdown four receptions for 35 yards. So, you know, it really it really just proves there's no stopping Christian McCaffrey for fantasy. He is far and away, uh, you know, the number one player in fantasy football.
4: Absolutely. But the big day there for me is the number one running back in fantasy football today it was Tevin Coleman at 35.80 fantasy points. Is the backfield in San Francisco starting to shake out now considering some injuries? Although Mostert actually got into it as well. But then again, San Francisco hung a Ferrari or a 50 on Carolina.
1: Well, you definitely would not uh, you definitely would not think this from just looking at their fantasy point totals, but there was 11 carries in this game for Tevin Coleman, and there was 11 carries in this game for Matt Breida, who uh, recovered from uh, the cleat to the face that he received last week, though, of course, uh, you know, it's Matt Breida. So he left this game with an ankle injury and was questionable to return. And by the time he got done getting checked out in the blue medical tent, uh, San Francisco was up 30 points, so they decided to just let him walk that off. So I I, I would really say that, uh, you know, I I think Brita and Coleman both are going to be startable running back twos in standard and PPR leagues moving forward. The the, the one guy who, you know, maybe in games where San Francisco is really favored, maybe then Mostert comes into play a little bit. How
4: about Emmanuel Sanders, right? Making an impact his first day in a jersey, a red jersey for San Francisco. Has Emmanuel Sanders changed the landscape or the receiver core over there in San Francisco?
1: Well, he definitely changed it in the fact that now they have one good wide receiver, whereas before they had zero uh, Dante Pettis looking like he's just going to kind of wash out at the pro level. Kendrick Bourne, Debo Samuel. Uh, well, you know, I, I kind of have some hope for Debo Samuel, who actually had a rushing touchdown on a cool play design in this game. So I, I think Debo could be, uh, you know, a decent NFL player. But of course, rookies, you know, it always takes them a little while to figure things out, you know, you know, NFL wide receivers. A tough position to play but Sanders now of course is going to be the best wide receiver of this group he's going to earn you know in between five and eight targets a week I think he takes a little bit off the ceiling for George Kittle which uh, you know we never want to see right. but definitely Sanders is going to make a difference in San Francisco
4: Davis are the Niners as good as their record shows you, you said earlier that New Orleans are the cream of the crop in that conference but are San Francisco as good as their record show
1: so I don't want to sound like a hater, but but no, they they clearly are not as good as their record shows, because look at these other NFC teams. OK, so we have Drew Brees. We have Dak Prescott, uh, you know, over in the AFC. We have Patrick Mahomes. We have Tom Brady. So all these other teams have, you know, pretty much elite players of the quarterback position. What do the 49ers have? They have a great running game. They have a great defense. And. They have Jimmy Garoppolo, who's OK. You know, he, he makes some accurate throws when he's uh, got time. He's OK moving to his right. You know, they do. They do a lot of really cool uh, pre-snap motion that kind of gets defenses confused as to where the ball is going, what direction the play is going. But no, I, I don't think Jimmy is great. And, I, you know, if you if you give him the ball, uh, it's 30 to 20 to start the fourth quarter in the NFC Championship game. Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback. I don't feel very confident about you winning that game.
4: Wow. And of course, we do want to uh, say hello and be safe to everyone out in the Bay Area as wildfires are beginning to spread. Some of the pictures online are quite disturbing, but it was San Francisco that was bringing the heat. So now let's go to Oakland and Houston. Um, I didn't see this game going this way. As a matter of fact, this impacted a bunch of my DFS plays. Uh, How did you see it?
1: I I really needed Deshaun Watson to be great in this game, and he was so close to being great. He was 21 yards away from the bonus on DraftKings. Yeah. He you know could have probably gotten a, another passing touchdown had Oakland scored in this game, but just just disappointing to only get uh, he I believe he had 27 fantasy points in this game so you know not that you're not happy with 27 fantasy points but 35 fantasy points would have made uh, you know a world of difference today
4: yeah Watson the number two quarterback so far today only behind Mr. Jones over in New York Uh, I had Hunter Renfro actually in a DFS lineup and it paid off Uh, what are your thoughts on Hunter Renfro what are your thoughts on the receivers in Oakland
1: there are a lot of mouths to feed in this offense now. So we have Hunter Renfro. We have Tyrell Williams, who's back from injury. We have Darren Waller, who's had one of the most commanding target shares mm. in the NFL thus far. We have uh, Jalen Richard and Josh Jacobs, who are being targeted out of the backfield. And they have a second tight end, Foster Moreau, who's earning some targets and earning some snaps as well. So I, I kind of think Renfro is a guy who needs a lot of volume to be considered a guy you want to start, uh, essentially. I, I would say probably that uh, I, I he's, a, he's a deep league
4: guy only. All right, fair enough. Deep league guy only, huh? I like the way that sounds. All right, let's go to the 300th win for Bill Belichick. Let's talk about Cleveland and New England. It looked like Cleveland was going to try to make this interesting, but let's be honest. The weather, New England's defense, the way that Mayfield just collapses the pocket on himself. Uh, did, did you see this game going this way?
1: I mean, you have to have been right. How many times have we seen this game play out this year where, yeah. uh, you know, the other team looks like they they're they're trying their absolute best to just not get dogged. And that's that's what we had with with this team. The Patriots, it wasn't competitive. They they the 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 Browns tried to run the ball. Nick Chubb had a fantastic game. You know, he really did just crush in this game, did the best he could to, to keep his team in it. And at the end of the day you know just just really was not competitive 27 to 13 new england covers and uh you know baker mayfield pretty pretty futile effort from him in terms of passing statistics you know not a good game for jarvis landry not a good game for odell beckham really the only brown to kind of cover themselves in glory was nick chubb
4: Yep. and now in 30 seconds just yes or no straight up, is anyone going to be able to beat new england in that conference
1: I think a healthy Patrick Mahomes led Chiefs team can beat the Patriots. And I think that is really their only realistic AFC challenger.
4: All right, a nice truncated answer there Sometimes they're short and sweet And Davis, you always bring the goodness When we come back, we're going to talk about your sports Investments, we're going to dive deep Into these games, and we're also going to Get into Davis's mind as to things That you can do moving forward Because now is what separates the boys From the men, now is what separates The winners from the losers, the champions From the chumps, ladies and gentlemen If you want the edge, you'll get on the grid You'll follow us on YouTube and Instagram At SportsGridTV, this is the Pro Football Ball rewind. He's Davis Maddock. I'm Matt Stryker, and we're coming right back. You want to be here because we will as well. Hallelujah. All right, welcome back into the Pro Football Rewind, and we're all friends here because winning breeds positivity, and I guess everyone is Davis Maddox's friend because Davis is the guy that gives us the information. Now, Davis, I want to talk about our sports investments here. Out of the 12 games between 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock, half of them went over, and depending on where you got the Seattle-Atlanta game, five, six, seven teams covered. So what does this mean as far as sports investment trends moving forward?
1: You know, I, I think that uh, it just continues to be what we've what we've talked about, which is, you know, you can't sweat the home teams too much and quarterbacks are generally going to be a good indication of, uh, you know, what side uh, of the line you want to be. in. you know, we look at these afternoon games, we see, uh, you know, De- uh, Derek Carr had this great performance, so was able to cover the spread. Uh, Baker Mayfield had a terrible performance, so was not able to cover. And Kyle Allen had his worst game as a pro, which led to. You know, San Francisco just walking into a cover.
4: So now talk to me. You mentioned Kyle Allen here, uh, Cam Newton. You can hear the footsteps. Obviously, they go back to Cam here, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if you, I don't even know if you hear the footsteps. It's, it's just a very straightforward thing. The organization is paying Cam Newton a lot of money. Cam Newton is a former uh, MVP, and that's uh you know, that that's just a guy who's going to get his job back when he's healthy again.
4: Yeah, a hundred percent. And uh, that game, San Francisco and Carolina was uh, had an over under forty one and a half, and they San Francisco blew that out on their own. Um, What does this speak about San Francisco's offense moving forward? If you start to see some of these point totals that you find to be intriguing, are you targeting San Francisco or was this game what we call a one-off?
1: I think this is going to be more likely to be a one-off. You know, we we had all the marks of a one-off. You know, we have a a quarterback who's not going to be playing. We had special teams touchdowns. We had a, a safety. You know, just just really all sorts of weird and non-repeatable events happened in this game. So if you're if you're looking at uh, you know games with that many weird things happening in them, you're basically saying this is just gonna it's not going to happen again.
4: Normally weird and non-repeatable is a good thing, but not in this case. All right, in this Houston and Oakland game, we saw an implied point total of 51.5, and that seems to be a trend with Houston as far as Vegas is concerned. So do you continue to attack this or no?
1: Yeah, I think Houston is a really interesting scenario where we say, okay, Deshaun Watson, great quarterback, uh, you know, he should probably be favored against these bad teams by four, five, six, maybe even get across that six line, and then you look at the Houston team performance and you go, okay. Secondary, horrible. Offensive line, horrible. Carlos Hyde, you know, barely efficient at this point. And, you know, Deshaun Watson just has such little help that I think the opposing teams against Houston have quite often been the, the sharper side in these games.
4: Yeah, and these are one some of those games where that half point, that .5 just makes Huge. or breaks so many people. All right, now the weather definitely plays a factor in this one, but I'm beginning to sense a trend with New England. Every time they cover... They end up going under. Is is that, what do you see here?
1: that's just a function of the teams against them. I, I, I would be hesitant to just bet unders in New England games because, you know, first their defense is going to get tested eventually. And I, and, you know, I don't want it to be on me to say, okay, this is going to be the offense that scores 30 on New England, but I I can tell you it's going to happen. And, and that in the range of outcomes, there's definitely a team hanging 30 on them because football is a weird game where things like that can happen. And, you know, basically I, I think that there's definitely a chance that when New England gets into, you know, some really competitive games, maybe if they played in the NFC, which is a much more difficult conference with much better teams, I think that there is a, a chance that, you know, we would not be thinking of the Patriots defense as uh, you know, com- as crazy good of a unit. So, so to me, I, I'm more lean on the Patriots spread side of things, as opposed to looking at the unders in their games.
4: So hypothetically strike, Kansas City and New Orleans from the conversation. Are there other teams that jump to mind immediately that have the capability of hanging 30 on the Pats?
1: So I I I think that if the Rams and the Patriots, you know, played 50 times I definitely think that the Rams could get 30 on them uh you know uh, a few of those times I think the Seahawks could get 30 on them as well really I think that a lot of these teams that have uh elite quarterbacks uh, you, you know or 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 really good offensive coordinators I think all of them are able to you know get 30 up uh, against them and 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 It just, to me, the way I kind of think about the game of football is so much of it is derived from the offensive side of the ball that I don't even think them giving up 30 points to a given team would mean they're a bad defense. It would just finally mean that an offensive coordinator has figured it out.
4: Well, since Brian Flores departed, uh, it's seemingly that Belichick is basically the defensive coordinator for this team. So maybe he may have too many things on his plate. But here's a straight-up question for you, man. Can the Dallas Cowboys hang 30 points on the New England Patriots? Yes or no?
1: They can if Kellen Moore has his fastball. They they can. Yeah, they can.
4: Interesting. Hanging it on Kellen Moore, are you? I see what you're doing there, my friend. All right, so there were only three games here in the 4 o'clock hour, but what were you able to glean from those three games that we may be able to use moving forward in our fantasy sports knowledge, our investments, so on and so forth?
1: Well, I, I one thing has to be is that this Emmanuel Sanders trade revealed itself to us really quickly. Uh, you know, we, instead of thinking like waiting for a couple weeks, like, OK, what's Sanders role going to be? How valuable is going to be? He's clearly a wide receiver one in this offense. Uh, you know, and he's going to be like a wide receiver three in fantasy football. I think another thing it showed me was that, you know, regardless of the game plan, regardless of how things go, For Carolina, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel are going to get their targets. 11 targets for Curtis Samuel, 9 for DJ Moore. I know things just have not quite gotten there for DJ Moore this year namely the touchdowns but those are definitely coming for DJ Moore you know an explosive part of a season is coming for him and you know we we got to give our props to Nick Chubb who who just had a, a great game 20 carries 131 yards 6.6 yards per carry he did really do he tried to put the team on his back and, you know, was everything that they asked of him in this game. And and I think there's a huge thing to be said for that. And then on the other hand, for the Patriots, Rex Burkhead is back in this game. James White you know is is in the game. Brandon Bolden zero uh zero carries one target, only one target for Rex Burkhead, five targets for James White. Now Sony Michelle was not targeted at all, but 21 carries for 74 yards. he is the clear lead back in this offense and, and that's a big deal.
4: Yeah, absolutely. But it does seem that once New England gets inside the red zone, red zone then that James White does have value. Uh, you mentioned Nick Chubb, which leads me to think about Cleveland. I was looking at social media. There is a trend going on right now, hashtag Fire Freddy. Uh, your thoughts on that?
1: I'm fine with it. You know, I, I think he's already proven he, he just doesn't have it. He is not ready to uh you know do what it takes to be an NFL coach. The the team is poorly coached, they're undisciplined, the offense is not organized, the defense is not organized. So, I am fine with Freddie Kitchens getting his walking papers.
4: Is Baker Mayfield for real? If you're a Baker Mayfield owner and he's your second or third quarterback on on your roster, is he someone that you can try and ship away?
1: Oh yeah, you can definitely drop Baker Mayfield. No no question about it. I think long term though, Like, you know, this isn't like the NBA where you can just trade for like a a disgruntled star. You know, it's just not really the way that the NFL works. But if you could, Baker Mayfield is a prime guy who has, you know, he has got the brain for the game. He's got all the arm talent you could ever ask for. He's very quick. I think he is much closer to Russell Wilson than anyone would ever give him credit for based on how he's playing right now. And some coach, some organization is going to figure that out.
4: that's an eyebrow-raising assessment right there. Now, uh, Landry and Beckham just aren't doing their thing. If Njoku comes back, do you think that this Browns team can turn it around as far as fantasy goes and have some fantasy viability? Yes or no? Give me 30 seconds.
1: Yeah, this team can definitely turn it around because they have Todd Munkin who called the plays for the Buccaneers last year. The Buccaneers had the third best per play passing offense in the NFL last year despite having a losing record, despite not making the playoffs. So that can definitely happen for this team if Todd Munkin starts calling the plays.
4: All right, a lot of ifs and buts. When we come back, we're going to dive more deep or deeper, said the former social studies teacher, into some of the pickups and the drops that maybe Davis has been able To get from the four o'clock hour. Make sure you come right back because this is the Pro Football Rewind. If you want to get on the edge, you get on the grid. DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of this show can get a deposit bonus up to $500. Here's how it works. One, create a DraftKings Sportsbook account. Two, make a deposit. Three, place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it with a 50% bonus up to $500. This offer is eligible for all users Plus, new users will get a risk-free bet of up to $200. Just go to sportsgrid.com backslash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com backslash DK. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. All right. Welcome back into the Pro Football Rewind. It is all about gaming intelligence. It's all about taking the knowledge of what happened analyzing it, and applying it moving forward to all of your fantasy sports needs, season-long, DFS, and, of course, your sports investments. Davis, each and every week, you give us gold, my friend, in the form of who to pick up and who to put down. Now, you gave us a list of guys, and we'll run through them in a bit, but I want to talk about from the 4 o'clock games, did anyone jump off the page at you that you say, hmm, I might spend some fab bucks on him, or hmm, I need to put a claim in for this guy?
1: Well, I would definitely be thinking about putting a little bit of fab down on Raheem Mostert. Nine carries uh, had the touchdown in this game. Now it was a long touchdown. I think it was a 40 yarder in the fourth quarter after, you know, most of the starters had been removed. Uh, However, it's, it's not so much about that individual performance. It's more about we've already seen Mostert be useful this year when Matt Breida missed time. And seems like Matt Breida is, again, dealing with another random injury. Now, he does always kind of play through these injuries but if he you know chooses not to play through this one uh I, I definitely could see a scenario where Brita is like a 10 to 13 touch guy
4: okay and uh, beyond that anyone else maybe get a little deeper for me for those people out there that are in those deep deep leagues
1: uh you know Kendrick Bourne is just a guy who does have a, a week-to-week role for San Francisco and if we want to get mega super deep. This is this is going to be the deepest guy I've ever recommended on this show, but Jarius Wright left this game injured for the Carolina Panthers, so they need a new rotational wide receiver behind Curtis Samuel, behind DJ Moore, and behind Greg Olson, and uh, I think the guy is going to be by the name of Brandon Zilstra. He is a former Minnesota Vikings practice squad wide receiver who was added to the Panthers roster this offseason, made the Roster based on the strengths of his special teams play, but he is like a big, athletic. Uh, you know, I think he's about six four. So a guy who could definitely rack up some touchdowns if the team chose to uh, to utilize him in uh, in that way. So Brandon Zilstra filling in for Jarius Wright. It's not going to get any deeper than that.
4: we are scraping the bottom of the barrel, are we not? But then again, if some of these really, really deep picks can help people win, especially their season longs as they stream week to week, then that is our goal here. And speaking of our goal, we want to help you out. And I want to go to social media and get a couple of questions here because I saw one that I thought was actually kind of interesting. And it comes from Melissa WK5. Can you rank these three players Font, Fells, and Smith. I'm assuming she means Jonu Smith, but Font and Fels, should they be in the same sentence even?
1: Darren Fells with Kiki Cutie. Kiki Cutie, by the way, just got straight up benched today for DeAndre Carter. I think Darren Fells has a case to be a top ten fantasy tight end, maybe even higher than that. Uh, he plays a bunch of snaps. He runs a bunch of routes for the Houston Texans, so he's out there on the field. Uh, he's a pretty good blocker, and that's why they have to have him out there because they basically do need six offensive linemen out there just uh you know even to get a chip block from Fells on a lot of these plays. So Bells to me, I think if he's out there on your waiver wire, I mean, he's a big fab bid to me because this is uh, he, he just continues to rack up the touchdowns in this offense.
4: Yeah. And now, now what about uh, Jonu Smith here in Tennessee? Is there any viability there?
1: there's got to be viability there because this is an offense that is really built around using the tight end because Delaney Walker was such a big part of their off season planning. Now things are a little bit different with Tannehill in there as opposed to Mariota, but tight ends are a big part of this offense. Johnny Smith, just a little bit younger, a little bit more spry, a little bit more athletic than, uh, than, uh, Delaney Walker. So to me, I think Johnny Smith is, uh, Again, you know, a guy who does have some real fantasy value moving forward. Anytime you
4: describe someone as spry, that makes me smile. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about, and I say this on social media as well, some trade candidates. Uh, People are asking about where will uh, Kenyon Drake go? Maybe is O.J. Howard a kind of guy that people think could get traded? What are your thoughts there?
1: So Kenyon Drake is going to get traded. He didn't even travel with the team for tomorrow's night's game against uh, against the Steelers. And uh, I think he's going to get traded to the Lions. You know wow. It seemed like they weren't particularly impressed with Ty Johnson. They gave Trey Carson the run out. They gave Paul Perkins a run out. Doesn't seem like J.D. McKissick's role is going to change it all. So the most likely scenario to me is Kenyon Drake is on the move for uh, to or to the Troy Lions rather. Now, does that make him
4: far more valuable now? Should someone go out and pick him up if they're weak on running back? Does does the Drake, if you're a Seinfeld guy, being in Detroit make a difference now?
1: Oh, you have to add him if he's out there in your league. And it doesn't really matter where he gets traded to, though I guess we will know that by the time we make our waiver moves on Tuesday. Uh, You definitely should add him, though, because... Any scenario, any team that he goes to that, uh, you know, gives whatever sort of compensation Miami is asking for in order to uh, to get him, he's going to be in a better situation. He's going to be on a team that scores more points, that runs more plays, that gains more yards. So definitely if Kenyon Drake is out there in your league, you you do want him. Your thoughts on O.J. Howard? Cut him. Let him go. It's just it's it's, it's done. Cameron Braid is better than him.
4: Yeah, straight up. So if Howard gets traded, where would he go? Could he land in New England?
1: Well, the the reports out of New England were that they offered a first round pick for him and were rebuffed. So if if a first round pick is not enough to get it done for O.J. Howard first, I can't imagine why the team would not be using him more. Like if you're not going to take a first round pick for a guy, wouldn't you want to target him more? Wouldn't you want to give him the ball more often? But apparently the answer to that question is no. So what do you
4: think the organization wants for Howard? If they say no to to a first round, what could they possibly want in return?
1: I think they more... Are just married to the idea of OJ Howard, you know, a young, athletic tight end who can block, who can run routes down the field, who you can scheme things open for, and you see little flashes of it. So in the London game, we saw uh, they they actually schemed a play for him where it was like a tight, it was like a double tight end screen. So Cameron Brait and Mike Evans were blocking for him. OJ Howard got out in the open field and he looked great. You know, gained 35 yards, thought he was going to score, and then did nothing for the rest of the game. So I think the organization likes having someone like OJ Howard Uh, just it just maybe 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 Bruce Arians just doesn't like to throw to him
4: interesting very interesting insight there and it's something that we can keep an eye on as we look to bolster our rosters but now I want to do something here that I don't think we've done here on this show I actually want to look ahead I want to look ahead to next week based off of the things that we've seen this week and see if we can't start to prognosticate and start to make some early notes as to things we might want to do next week. Uh, Thursday, the Niners and the Cardinals play. Uh, Is this the obvious? Are you all over the Niners in this, especially with no Edmonds?
1: You know, you know, I'm not going to be, you know, I, I can't be all in <laughs> on anyone against the Niners. You know, I got to wait, you know, I, I got to wait and see what the line is because the line might be enticing enough for me to be in on the Arizona Cardinals side of this game.
4: Yeah, it's a Halloween game. So someone's going to maraud as an NFL team. And then uh, the Texans and the Jaguars, a very interesting matchup here. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, this is going to be strength versus strength. The 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 great Jacksonville defensive line, those great defensive backs going to be against the very weak uh, very weak Houston offensive line, but very good wide receivers, very good quarterback. However, the Jaguars just always have a way of mucking games up and and Houston always finds a way to play down to their competition, you know, kind of like the Steelers who, you know, the Steelers will, will go toe to toe with some of the best teams in the league and then they'll go up against, you know, the, the dregs of the league. And uh, and find it hard to, uh, you know, to put those bad teams away. And uh, that's just I'm afraid that's kind of the situation that Houston is in. Mucking games
4: up. Clever choice of consonants, my friend. Clever choice. All right. The Bears tangle with the Eagles next week. What are your thoughts there?
1: Seems like a game where we got to go with the Eagles. You know, I I would assume that, uh, you know, kind of. Well, where is this game being played in Philadelphia or in Chicago? In Philadelphia, I would assume it's like three and a half points for Philly. And in Chicago, I would assume it's Bears like plus one. And I, I either way, I would like the Philly side. How about this game that actually will wet a lot of people's appetite,
4: and I want to see what the over/under is going to be in this one—the Vikings and the Chiefs, depending on if Mahomes plays, going to be very intriguing.
1: Yeah, if Mahomes plays, if Mahomes plays in this game, we're looking at that's going to be game of the week, right? It's got to be—you yeah. know—the the Vikings firing on all cylinders. That defense is so good. And finally, the Vikings offense looks really potent. They're throwing the ball down the field to Steph Diggs. And then we will have a Chiefs team that's ready to, to throw the ball around the yard and, uh, you know, really be be crushing and, and trying to, uh, you know, they, they still have to win that division. They still have to secure uh, a buy for the playoffs. And it's not looking like they're going to get one right now. If, uh, you know, this will be kind of like a must-win game for the Chiefs, actually.
4: Absolutely, and we have some more games to talk about, but we're going to do that when we come back. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to remind everyone that you can follow us on Instagram and YouTube at Sports Grid. If you want the edge, you get on the grid. The minds at Sports Grid are providing gaming intelligence. We are the pioneers of the industry and we thank Zumo TV for giving us the outlet. And of course all of you, if you want to follow Davis Maddock, you can. When we come back, we'll give you all that information and more. You can follow me on Twitter at Matt underscore striker underscore. This is the Pro Football Rewind. We go forward in reverse, helping you with all of your fantasy sports needs, whether it be season long, DFS, or your sports investments. Come on back because we got more for you right here on the Pro Football Rewind. You do
0: not want to miss it.
4: right. Welcome back in. This is the Pro Football Rewind. How can you not help but get pumped when you hear those sounds coming out? The sound you hear flying out of my face is my voice. My name is Matt Stryker. Joining me is Davis Maddock. This is the Pro Football Rewind. We're doing something a little different here right now because, my gosh, Davis, you have dissected the 1 o'clock games and the 4 o'clock games six ways to Sunday, no pun intended. So now we're looking forward to next week and just trying to just get ahead of the game because that's what we do here at the Pro Football Ball rewind. We get you ahead. We get you on the edge. We get you on the grid. Talk to me about this Colts and Steelers game. Uh, what do you think is going to happen here? What are some plays you may make?
1: Going to want to run the ball. Uh, Indianapolis is one of the most run-heavy teams in neutral game scripts this year. The Steelers have been crazy run-heavy this year when Mason Rudolph and or Devlin Hodges has been the quarterback. So Indianapolis is probably going to be a small road favorite, probably just a, a point or two by the time that game closes. I, I would anticipate. I would prefer the Steelers side of that, not because of uh you know I I think that. Uh, uh, the Colts suck or anything like that but uh, I, I do anticipate the Steelers kind of laying the smack down on the Dolphins on uh, on Monday night and that is not reflected in this line as of yet so definitely I think this is just going to be you know kind of a low scoring high rush attempt game and uh, you know if either team has issues with turnovers it's really going to punish them laying
4: the smack down huh Hmm, wonder where you got that from. Okay, next is a divisional matchup that may or may not be absolutely amazing, or it might be the one that I fall asleep during, the Jets and the Dolphins. I mean, are these the two worst teams in football?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, no, I mean, I don't think we can say that, right? There are so many teams out there who, uh, who just try and take the mantle. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think the Bengals might be a little upset with you actually. Oh,
4: so sorry. So sorry, Bengals fans out there. We will include you in the conversation, but this jets dolphins game, all kidding aside, people are going to look at it and have that same you know thought. I made it as a joke that, ah, these teams are terrible. terribly seems terrible, but there's money to be made there. Is there not? There are wins to be had there.
1: Oh, there are definitely wins to be had there. You know what, like, and that I mean that's the nature of the game. Some someone's gotta win these games, right? Even even the bad team sometimes.
4: Well, if any game could be a 0-0 zero, zero tie in
1: overtime, it may be that one. All
4: right, let's move on. The Redskins and the Bills. This is gonna have to be a bounce-back game for the Bills. Yay or nay?
1: Uh I I'm uncomfortable saying that it would have to be a bounce-back game because Josh Allen is a guy who who doesn't Bounce backs do not apply to him because... What happens with him is going to be so random in every single game. You know, it would not surprise me if he had 120 rushing yards and uh, 250 passing yards, zero turnovers, four touchdowns. Also wouldn't surprise me if he had four interceptions like it it just it's just completely random what is going to happen with him. And, uh, you know, really, the only time I feel confident in him is uh, is when I don't feel confident at all. He's just one of those guys.
4: Fair enough. Well said. All right, the Titans and the Panthers now. And considering the Carolina team that showed up against San Francisco, uh, these Panthers are going to be coming out with a vengeance, no?
1: Yeah, it's, what an interesting line. I'm seeing it at minus four and a half. I, I would assume that this one would have been closer to one, two, maybe even the, the rare pick line because the Panthers are coming off getting, uh, you know, just just whooped. And the Titans are coming off of two pretty impressive wins against teams that, you know, could have made the playoffs before they lost to the Titans. The the loss of the Titans was horrible for their playoff expectancy. So I, I, I would say I like the Panthers side of this game, especially if Cam Newton is back at quarterback but I actually think the Titans are going to be a public team this week.
4: Very interesting. Can you define what a public team is for those that don't know?
1: Uh, A public team is, for those who don't know, I think the best way to describe it would be to say it's a team that just your average guy who you know watches sports, likes to bet on games, it likes, and and that's not even to say that the public side is wrong because that's kind of something that people in the sports investments community say is like, oh, you got you got to fade the public, like that's dumb too. Uh, Really, really, all that I meant is just which side is going to get more uh, tickets, so like which side is going to get bet on. More often.
4: Well, that's definitely something that we should keep an eye on and watch how that money line moves because as money lines move during the week, it tells you a lot. It tells you an awful lot. All right, uh, this Lions and Raiders game, I expect this to be a very high point total here. What are your thoughts?
1: I mean, it seems like every game involving the Raiders is going to have to be a high point total because Derek Carr is looking pretty good, but their defense is. Uh, you know, non-existent. So you mix those two things together, quarterback playing well, defense playing poorly. What do you get? A lot of points. And I've actually been mentioning this on, uh, on a lot of my shows, but uh, Matt Stafford is for real playing the best football of his career. Yep. He is averaging his most yards per attempt ever, and that includes his 5,000-yard season. So he is just, he's crushing it.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And it's definitely something that is worth mentioning and deserves to be looked at because a lot of people might not realize that because you're hearing all these other great quarterbacks names. And like we've been saying all night here on the show, everyone goes that way. You, me, Davis, we go this way and we end up cashing out. All right. Buccaneers and the Seahawks. What do you think is going to happen here?
1: I I love this game because this is the battle of the quarterback who cannot be intercepted versus the quarterback who will do anything to be intercepted. (laughs) Jameis versus Russ, two guys who could not have more different approaches to the game. You know, Russ is always playing conservative. He's always protecting the ball. Jameis doesn't care. He just wants to get yards. And, uh, you know, they have offensive coordinators who play the game the same way. Brian Schottenheimer, a very conservative and uh, Bruce Arians, the exact opposite. He's very aggressive loving the Seattle side of this because if you if you give Seattle a 14 point lead guess what you're, you're not getting it back right. they are just going to suffocate that game they're going to run the air out of the ball as they did against Atlanta today so loving the Seattle side of this game
4: Absolutely. The Seahawks are a consummate professional football team in all aspects. So you hit the nail on the head with that as well. And that may also lend itself to a guy like Chris Carson being someone that people might want to look at if the Seahawks get up early and then just start pounding the ball. All right. The Packers and the Chargers um, game scripts and conventional wisdom say that the Packers are going to come out on top here. Do you agree? Is it a continual downturn for the Chargers?
1: Oh, the Packers are the Packers are gonna win this game. They're, and they they're probably gonna win on Sunday night against the Chiefs, though I think that should be uh, a closer game. But there there's no doubt in my mind, this Chargers team stick a fork at them. I, I just I don't think that they can make the playoffs, though the AFC is definitely the uh the weaker conference, and the defense is not playing well, the team continues to just ineffectively run Melvin Gordon into the line time and time again. And I mean, maybe maybe if Melvin Gordon just decided to, to hold out again, so maybe if Melvin Gordon holds out again, we'll like the Chargers <laughs> side of this game. But until then, we will be wagering against them.
4: Tremendous. Melvin Gordon should just hold out again right now. Not next season. Right now. Okay, what about the Browns and the Broncos here? Because this is, again, one of those games that people are going to look at and they're going to be like, ew, liver. Like, no one's going to want to eat it. And my apologies to those that love liver. But there can definitely be something here in this game, no? No.
1: I mean, there could be something there for you if you uh, if you're are you a glutton for punishment? Because I think you could definitely say, OK, look at these two quarterbacks. Uh, Mayfield's the better one, right? Flacco. Oh, man. Flacco was a brutal in this game on Sunday. There was two separate red zone possessions where Flacco had five throwaways in them. So I, I think there's definitely money in the banana stand in terms of uh, betting against the Broncos right now.
4: Yeah, and there's a reason that Flacco, I believe, was the floor for quarterbacks on FanDuel. I have to check, but I do believe that he was the floor, and that's the reason why. Okay, this is the game. Now, you said that there might be a team that will be able to hang 30 on New England. Talk to me about the 8 o'clock game next
1: Sunday, the Patriots and the Ravens. Man. This is the game. This is the game. This is the game of the week. We got Lamar Jackson. We got Tom Brady. We have Bill Belichick against a young quarterback. We got Harbaugh. We have Greg Roman. Uh, This this is going to be a fantastic game. I'm really, really hoping that Marquise Brown is healthy for this game. And, uh... I think this this is going to be the upset game. I'm going to have a Ravens ticket for this game, uh, probably against the spread. I might I might bet this on the money line, too, though, because you're just not going to find someone who is a bigger believer in Lamar Jackson. You're not you're just not going to find him other than me. I love Lamar Jackson, and I, I really think that he is kind of the future of the NFL.
4: Now, what type of schemes could Coach Belichick come up with to try to neutralize or contain Lamar, and what does that open up down the field as options? Because when you start to push in, that leaves a guy like a Mark Andrews available to do damage. So how do you see this going?
1: Well, what you have to do against running quarterbacks is you... you and it's very very reductive to say this but you need to force them into making some decisions not even necessarily making them throw but Lamar doesn't want to run every play he also doesn't want to throw deep on every play and one of the ways that you can make uh, uh, running quarterbacks uncomfortable is by blitzing them a lot and and running like zone blitzes so zone blitzes are very easy for Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady Drew Brees You, you really can't get away with zone blitzes against those guys because they're going to see it before the snap even happens. And they're going to, you know, Drew Ries will shout over to Michael Thomas and he's just going to say one word. Michael Thomas will know what to do. And that's eight yards. Lamar Jackson, he's just not really there yet because they, that's that's an amazing elite skill to have, and it's very rare for guys to pick that up. Now zone blitzes are hard to run uh, for defenses in general. That's it's hard to stick to your assignment. It's hard to know uh, you know exactly when to drop back and when to blitz for the edge guys and for the nickel corners. But that is how I would really expect the Patriots to attack Lamar Jackson. Is you know a lot of uh, a lot of cover two blitzes, but then on some I think they would probably move into like cover six blitzing which like that that's just going to be a nightmare for Lamar to figure out.
4: Yeah and I mean every time I picked my head up it seemed that the Patriots were just collapsing in on Baker Mayfield so I wonder if they're going to be able to get the same penetration and execute the way that you've alluded to and last but not least is a Monday game we don't talk about them a lot here but they involve the New York Giants and this other team that you may be a fan of. Uh, give me a minute or so on the Dallas Cowboys and the Giants. <laughs>
1: Well, definitely we're going to like the uh, the Dallas side of this game. Uh, we, we finally saw the tide turns in Dallas's last game where they said, okay, We are done giving Zeke the ball every first down. We are ready to start throwing the ball deep. We are ready to start getting after it as as an offense. again. you know, Kellen Moore kind of regaining some of that confidence and swagger that he had in the offense in the first three weeks of the season as Dallas steamrolled everyone on the other side of the ball. I know Daniel Jones had good fantasy numbers. They were never competitive in this game against Detroit. He had some miserable turnovers. And the, the biggest thing for him is that guy is basically Brock Osweiler in the pocket. He just <laughs> is not aware of what's going on behind him or around him. He's only looking down the field, which is a good trait. You you actually probably would prefer your young quarterback to be looking down the field and not aware of what's going on in the pocket as opposed to focusing too much on what is in the pocket but i mean he he has been but he has fumbled 6 times in his last 3 games that's inexcusable you you just cannot do that
4: Unbelievable. I love the way that you just make these references and these stats that you give us are so important because we're going to use them to move forward to do our very best in our fantasy sports world, whether it be season long DFS or sports investments. This is the Pro Football Rewind. When we come back, we're going to recap everything that Davis has told us, especially who to pick up and who to put down. He's Davis Matic. I'm Matt striker This is the Pro Football Rewind. We're coming right back right after this. The boys from up north, Getty, Alex and Neil, bringing us back in off of their album "Moving Pictures." That is Tom Sawyer. I am Matt Stryker. Joining me, as always, is Davis Maddock. Now, Davis, you have given us one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different options of players or defenses that we might want to look to pick up. And I just want to make sure to anyone that's missed them. I want to talk about how you think that Darius Slayton might be a reason to be picked up.
1: So the reason for Darius Slayton to be a good pickup is uh, he's the best red zone threat on that team right now. Two amazing go up and go get it balls from Daniel Jones, and the Giants are gonna be trailing, and that's huge. You know, just just trailing is absolutely massive for a team's pass attempt. So we we can just chalk up targets for Darius Slayton.
4: All right, considering what happened to Cooks over out in the Rams receiver core, you had mentioned that Josh Reynolds was intriguing to you.
1: Yeah, Josh Reynolds is likely going to be our top waiver wire out of the week on RotoExperts.com. Either him or the next guy that we're going to discuss. But Reynolds has been a good touchdown producer when he's been in the Rams lineup. He's a pretty good like-for-like replacement for Brandon Cooks, who hasn't even been, you know, an every-down player or or even a startable player every week in fantasy this year. And Reynolds might actually be an upgrade in terms of a, of a red zone weapon f- over Brandon Cooks.
4: All right, give me 15 seconds on these next guys Zach Zenner.
1: Zach Zenner uh, it's going to be the lead back for the Arizona Cardinals if by Thursday we do not have uh, Chase Edmonds back in the starting lineup and that's a that's a nice role to have. Out in Jacksonville you like Conley why? Conley great average depth of target getting targeted very deep down the field uh, better long speed than D.D. Westbrook who seems like he's probably going to be not quite back for next weekend.
4: All right, unless a trade is made for Kenyon Drake, you like Trey Carson as the placeholder in Detroit, yeah?
1: Yeah, I would not spend a ton of fab on Trey Carson, J.D. McKissick, or Paul Perkins, but I would be interested in all three of them for very minimal 1% to 3% bids.
4: Brian Hill in Atlanta in the absence of Ito Smith?
1: Yeah, we got we to gotta throw 5% in on, on Brian Hill because the team might just turn the backfield over to him with their losing record.
4: All right, Davis Matic, my man, you truly are a gem. You are the straw that stirs the drink. We thank you so very much for joining us here on the Pro Football Rewind. My name is Matt Stryker. He's Davis Matic. We're going to bring it right back for you. God willing, we live and be well next week. Until then, good luck, be safe, have fun, and we'll see you out
0: there.
2: Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new?